Warning, the following podcast, which contains strong language and mature content, is unsuitable for children or for the faint of heart. The subject matter discussed will be frightening and graphic in nature. Listener discretion is advised. When you want to hear about the paranormal, you get the spooked girls. True crime that makes you hypothermal with the three spooked girls. Stabby snippets will give you dreams. Tara and Jessica will make you. Along with the spooked girls Bring on the slaughter We on that haunted ground The three spooked girls Hey there, spooksters, and welcome back to another episode here on Three Spooked Girls. My name is Jessica, and as always, I'm joined by my bestie, Tara. Hey, spooksters. It is Thursday, so you know that's a stabby snippet for you guys, and mm. I am doing another one of our episodes of Homicide Hunter. Yay! Yeah, I knew you'd be excited. With our man with Joe. Papa with Joe. Papa Joe. <laughs> Literally, in my notes, I wrote Papa Joe. <laughs> a lot of people probably like, but the Casey Anthony thing came out. Just hold your britches, people, please. I still gotta watch the other two. I've watched one. It's traumatic watching that shit. Yeah. We'll get there. We'll get there. Just give us a minute. It's Christmas time. It's the holiday season. We don't need to like be that depressed. Well, actually, <laughs> I mean, they could have this little snippet. I don't give a shit. Since that other case we were going to do this month is not going to pan out, we could do oh, that yeah. in place of Let's it. Just do so. that. Okay. You okay. So see, know. you guys will you guys will get it soon. Yeah. Just hold your britches. After the Paranormal Monday, Casey Anthony Monday unfortunately but it's there because <laughs> you guys wanted it we asked in the facebook group and you guys were like yes i think it was like unanimous yeah it was like 97 percent out of everybody i'm pretty that sure voted. i voted yeah you did i saw <laughs> <laughs> i was like me but it's not like jessica was the deciding vote the like majority of you guys said yes so we will be after we watch all of it we will be talking about it and oh <sighs> That's it's because when I voted, it was yeah. at 100%. So I was like, majority fucking <laughs> Go ahead. We move on now. <laughs> okay. Back to Papa Joe and his, his solving of his case. Okay. So this is season one, episode two. It's called Six Feet Under. So we're going to go to the spring of 1987 in April. April 7th of 1987 in Tara's beloved Colorado Springs. Yes, I love it That's there. where he worked. Yes. A caretaker at a cemetery had noticed this car was kind of off to the side. It wasn't, it was like a road, but it was kind of like the end of a road, like a turnaround. And it was just this car mm-hmm. and it had been parked there. And then like, it had been parked there for like three or four days. And, you know, he's like, oh shit, someone just like dumped their car. So he calls the police. He doesn't go and investigate. He just calls the police and is like, hey, you guys need to come look at this car. So a police officer comes out to do a check and he looks in the back seat of the vehicle where he finds the body of a young woman who is all bruised up and she's just in the mm. back of the car. 
clearly a body dump. She had abrasions around her neck that signaled or signified strangulation. And Mm -hmm. she had defensive marks all over her body, including like her nails were torn. And she appeared to be about between the ages of 18 and 20 years old. Mm -hmm. So then, you know, it's a homicide in Colorado Springs. So they got to call Papa Joe in. And so he comes and he wants to know everything about this crime scene because it's a unique crime scene. One of the things that that was really interesting is that it was near a cemetery. Oh, ew. Yeah. So like the cemetery caretaker is the one who called it in. So it's like, cool. This is real close. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Obviously, there wasn't like a lot of blood or anything like that or looks like a sign of struggle in the car. So this was clearly a body dump, not an actual crime scene. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Well, like, not the murder scene. It is a crime scene. So they start, like, looking at the car. They know it's been there between four and five days because they interview the caretaker, and that's what he says. Mm-hmm. And they start, like, looking through the car. They're looking for fingerprints, anything, hair, all that. Mind you, this woman is also wrapped in a brown blanket. The blanket is, an like, an electric blanket. Ah. Uh. Which is kind of unique. Yeah. So they look and they find prints, but they can only find partial or smudged prints. They can't find like a full on, I left my fingerprint. Mm-hmm. Not so lucky. On the blanket, they find some hair. And at first they're like, oh, good hair. That helps us. But it was really coarse. It was like more coarse than like a human hair. Mm-hmm. So they were like, it's some sort of animal, like a dog. Oh, okay. One of the things that they also find is a big key is on the dashboard, they find a, like a crumpled piece of paper. And it has the name Lisa and a phone number. Mm. So they're like, is this Lisa in the car? Was she going to meet Lisa? Like, what's going on? Right. The police run the plates and it is registered to Vicki Lee Ross, who was 20 years old. And then they identified her. They looked at the photo that came with her, like, license. And it was, in fact, Vicki Lee Ross, who they had found in the car. She was 20 years old and she lived about 35 blocks away from the crime scene. So it wasn't really like close, close, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And she had only been reported missing the day before. She was supposed to like, she worked at like a grocery store and she worked the evening shift. It closed around like nine or 10. So she was like getting off of work and she just never came home. Mm -hmm. And that's actually the last time anyone saw her was leaving work. She was also supposed to have dinner with her grandparents and she hadn't shown up, which is why like her parents got called because it was said that Vicky was like a joy. Everyone loved her and that she actually really loved spending time with her grandparents. So it was like really unusual for her to flake. Uh huh. So they go and they talk to the parents. And so they, you know, they're interviewing them and they're like, okay, we're, you know, we're really sorry this happened. And they go, hey, just real quick, does Vicky own a brown electrical blanket? And they're like, no, she doesn't own a brown electrical blanket because that's something that stands out. It's not like, oh, she went to the store and bought a blanket. Electrical blankets are like very specific. Mm -hmm. You buy them for winter use. Yeah. You wouldn't be buying them, say, in April. No. So it wasn't like it could be new. So the blanket is a huge mystery to, to Joe and his compadres. Right. Again, remember I told you, like, her nails are tore up? Mm-hmm. Her nails, because they're, like, two really interesting things that were on her body, besides, uh-huh. like, the abrasions and stuff. Her nails were, like, so torn. One was torn, like, or a couple were torn, like, all the way to the quick. 
Is that what it's called? The quick? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. I was having that moment earlier. (laughs) I was like, wait, is it? Someone's going to be like, no, it's this. Please. I just need to know. Yeah. Just tell Jessica. (laughs) Right. And then also her pubic hair had been recently shaved, Mm. but it had been done in like a crude way and it had been done with an electrical razor. Oh, interesting. Yeah. The time of death. The last time anyone had seen her was on April 2nd, and they believe her time of death was before, like, 9 a.m. on the 3rd of April. Damn. Yeah, that's quick. Yeah. So, like, a 12-hour period, essentially, is what it is. And, oh, to kind of say to, like, the crude part about, like, the shaving with the Mm -hmm. razor, is that it had been done in a way that it looked like she hadn't done it herself. Right, yeah, that was the vibe I was was picking up what you were putting down. Yeah. Yeah, I got you. So at one point in time in Vicky's life, she'd had this like real tragic event that had happened. And she had a bunch of friends who got in a car accident and died. And she took it really hard. And they she went through what everyone kind of refers to Vicky's like dark mm-hmm. period where she got into drugs and partying really mm-hmm. heavy. But she'd kind of pulled herself out of it. She was in recovery. She was working two jobs. She was just like, you know, doing the very best that she could. She like set one goal for herself was that she wanted to get a better car. So she was going to work and save up to get a car. Gotcha. So they're like, okay, we got to start looking at people who are closest to Vicky. So they go and they find her like most recent boyfriend, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Some people thought he was still her boyfriend. Some people said they had broken up. But his name was Young, and apparently Vicky's parents couldn't say enough bad things about this this guy. Mm. He, at one point in time, had gotten, like, rough with her because when she wouldn't do what he says, mm. he, he was a little violent. He, they were always fighting. So when they bring him in, he has this, like, hugely bad attitude. He basically tells the cops, like, I fucking hate you. You guys are terrible, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, the, okay. What the fuck? Yeah, and he starts talking about the relationship, and they could tell that it was very toxic. Yeah. Because he was like, you know, we'd argue, and like, you know, and she wouldn't do what I wanted her to do, I'd like make her. So Ew. it was kind of like people were like, yeah, it gave off bad vibes. Yeah. But they were like, where were you? And he's like, oh, I was working all night at this restaurant. This restaurant he works at, I think they were laying tile or something. And they confirmed, and he had like seven people confirm that he was there gotcha. all night to like oh, 4 a.m. Okay. Mm hmm. So then they go, hey, dude, like, just quick question. I know this is going to sound weird, but does Vicky, like, shave her pubic region? Because mind you, this is the 80s, guys. Right. Or, like, now this might be, like, something that's completely, like, normal. hmm It sounds like the 80s still wasn't that normal. Right. Not quite as common. hmm Yeah. And he was not. Actually, like, she won't even shave her legs most of the time. And I, like, get mad and I want her to do it. Don't shave your legs if you don't want to, ladies. No, nope. Shave them only if you want to. Yep. If you want that body hair, you keep it and you rock it. Granted, I love to shave my legs and then get into clean sheets. Oh, that's like the best feeling ever. I love that so much. It is. <laughs> Every human who has ever shaved their legs, gotten into fresh sheets, Ugh. you know what cricket legging is, where you like, you like rub them <laughs> together in the sheets. Oh, it's like. Oh, my God. And it's like. The, it's OK. I'm sorry. It's like the best when it's like and then you got like lotion on or whatever. Oh. And it's just like. You're like smooth like a dolphin. <laughs> <laughs> but 
he young was like okay i do know some people she was hanging out with here their names but they were like billy or and it wasn't really billy's name it'd be like names that like or nicknames you know the dude and you're like who the fuck is the dude (laughs) yeah but the police actually end up you know they have his alibi they actually start working these names and so they go to the place where these people are hanging out and mind you they're doing drugs so the police are like listen if you can help because like murder Mm -hmm. drugs you guys can't see what i'm doing my hand Drugs are down. Murder is up. Yeah, that's... Though I will say Papa Joe was drugs fry your brain. I was like, okay, cop in the 90s. (laughs) (laughs) Dear campaign. (laughs) Oh, my God. I'm going to share this story. I don't know if I've ever talked about her on the podcast. I have this coworker named Alexis who I love so dearly. She's like nine years younger than me or 10 Mm -hmm. years younger than me. Mm -hmm. I love her to death. And we were looking because our holiday party this year theme is Miami night. So it's like the late 80s, early 90s. And we were looking at fanny packs. Yeah. And there was a dare one. She goes, I don't know what that is. Bro. And I was like, you don't know what dare is? She's like, no, they didn't do that when I was in school. I was like, they just not out there daring you not to do drugs. Oh, my God. I'm going to have to ask my sister because she's my sister's age. Mm -hmm. That kind of blows my mind. Well, I feel like in our area, dare just kind of kept going. Yeah, this is true. Okay, so <laughs> they were not daring to stay off drugs. They all kind of like give this one like critical person in Vicky's life that they were kind of like, oh yeah, there's this dude. This is literally how they describe him. Oh yeah, there's this dude. He's a black guy. He's like late 20s, early 30s. His name is Dave. He real mad at Vicky. Mm. He real mad at Vicky because Vicky owe him $10. 10 fucking dollars. Mm-hmm. And that he out there telling people he gonna kill her for $10. Because they cut, this is like twice on this particular episode where they were like, oh, you never know with these people who do drugs. Like, you may owe someone $20. Who out there that broke? Who's going to kill somebody for $10? Hold on. She got two jobs. She going to pay you back. It's going to be fine, guys. So (laughs) I just feel like they were like hyping him up for not. So, but nobody knows like where he is or who he is. They just know his name is Dave. Interesting. Oh, can can I right. can I interject? Because when you said the ten dollar thing, I was like, hmm. Like I did the the little inflation. You know, what would that be in today's money? Yeah, it'd be thirty six dollars and seventeen cents. Damn, I'm still not out there killing nobody for thirty. Right, exactly. I'm like, it's not even fucking forty dollars. Like, what the fuck? Right. But I figured you'd appreciate that. I do. You're welcome. So the police are like, we don't know where Dave is. What the fuck? Mm-hmm. So the police are simultaneously doing this other thing. Because remember that number that they found in the car? Yes. They've basically been calling this number pretty consistently. Try it and then call back later, that type of thing. And they finally get the person on the other end to answer the phone. Mm-hmm. And it's a woman by the name of Lisa who happened to be an old friend of hers. So they ran into each other in the parking lot. And Lisa was like, oh, here's my number. Mm-hmm. She says that Vicky says to her, hey, I'm actually like headed out to a party and is leaving. Then she sees that Vicky greets and then gets into her car with a black guy. Mm. So they're like, oh, maybe this is Dave. And so basically they kind of get the general area of where she was headed and they were able to track down Dave. Now, Dave doesn't like the cops either, but he's actually quite cooperative. He says, you know, she actually dropped me off. And she's going to this party at this woman like named Marla's house. Mm. And they're like, you didn't go? He's like, nah, I didn't go. Mm-hmm. So they're like, okay. They're like, don't go anywhere. We're going we're gonna to check your alibi here. Mm-hmm. 
So the police go to Marla and they talk to her. She's the host of the party. And they were like, do you know Vicky Ross? She's like, yeah. And she's like, yeah, she was at my party like a couple weeks ago or whatever. And they're like, oh, okay. So and they don't say like, was Dave here? They ask, were there, was she with a black male? She's like, no, there wasn't any black males at my party. Right then and there, Dave has now his alibi. So now mm-hmm. Dave is going to ride off into the sunset of our story. No mm-hmm. longer relevant. They go, well, how long was Vicky here for? She's like, I think like an hour or two. So like, you know, Papa Joe's starting to really figure out how long. So she leaves work at nine. She gets to the party probably like 930, closer to 10. She's there for an hour. So we're talking between like 1030 and 11 at the earliest she's left. And they go, well, did she leave with anyone? Was she hanging out with anyone? And Marla goes, oh, yeah, no, she was hanging out with Norman. And I'm like, who's Norman? He's Hmm. like, well, Norman's this 30-year-old white dude with a weird haircut. And if you watch the show, you'll understand what I'm saying. (laughs) Gave me real weird vibes, this dude. And he and Vicky used to date. And I'm over here like, Vicky 20. She got a lot of boyfriends. Whatever. But, like, she got a lot of older boyfriends. Yeah, I mean. Predatory. Yeah. So, Norman. Norman Wiegand. To say that he has an extensive sexual assault history is an understatement. He had been charged, accused of, several times in the state of Louisiana, but had only really caught time for one, like, one time. He spent four years in prison in Louisiana for sexual assault. And it's always like kind of violent-y sexual assault. It's, you know, not good. So detectives actually went down to Louisiana and spent eight days combing through all of his history. So mm-hmm. like a long ass time. Mm-hmm. They found out that he had two wives. And one of his wives, who was willing to talk to the police, said he gets real fucking crazy on coke. Which, oh, you know, not good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And wouldn't you know, Norman has a really weird fetish. He likes to shave pubic hair. Mm. Guys, I wish you could have just seen Tara's face. (laughs) My eyeballs were like saucers. (laughs) (laughs) Like what? Her face was like, "Mm, no. And he actually, his ex-wife said, he demands it. And when she doesn't like it, she gets scared. Oh, no. When she told him like that she didn't like it, she got real scared. Mm -hmm. so they come back to colorado and they find out that norman has a girlfriend oh and they're like hey girlfriend where were you the night of the second and she's Mm. like well not with norman where were you and she's like not with norman (laughs) she's like i don't want to (laughs) say just no i don't think they asked her that but they were like when did you see him next and it was she's like i went over to his apartment on april 3rd She said he was acting really weird because he was, like, frantically cleaning his apartment. Mm. And she's, I don't even think he had taken the trash out at that place before. Red flag. He was nasty. How he got two girls talking to him when his house be (laughs) poo-poo. I have to interject because I did see this TikTok the other day that I thought was really fucking funny. And I Mm -hmm. have to tell it right now. And it was a comedian talking about why only, like, Jeffrey Dahmer could have done what he did to men. Because literally a woman would have walked into that house and been like, "Uh uh-uh, shit's nasty. (laughs) And I was like, there's there's points there. So, like, his house was, like, real dirty. But, like, apparently these women in the 80s just didn't care. And she said it was weird because, like, she saw blood on his sheets. 
Oh, my God. But he had said his dog was in heat, so the blood from the dog got on the bed. How much blood? Like, a lot? I don't know. I don't think it was a ton, because it was she died of strangulation. But, like, you know. Yeah, that's... I don't know. Also want to point out, fun fact, he only lived 2.5 blocks from the cemetery. Weird. Hmm? So apparently this man was just a weird, dirty man. Gross, yeah. Who liked shaving pubic hair and never cleaned his house. Also, I'm not, like, justifying him leaving the fucking sheets on because even, like, a little drop, like, goodbye, change those sheets, it's fucking disgusting. But I was just like, was it a believable amount where she'd be like, oh, okay, the dog was in heat? Or if it was like, obviously, no. You know what I mean? No. That's what I was asking. I am not a disgusting human, everybody, just so you know. (laughs) No, no, that's not what I meant. No, not you. I know you know I'm not yeah. a disgusting human. Yeah. I just felt like I had to say that. <laughs> I feel like that she said she was surprised that he was doing laundry at all. Mm, gotcha. I don't think that would have been a problem if you get my drift. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She said that night when they went to bed, Norman normally sleeps with like nothing on, which I couldn't tell if that meant like nothing on top because she was talking about how he wore a t-shirt to bed. Right. Or he slept naked. Norman seems like the kind of gross dude who's just going to be dirty and sleep naked in his bed. Mm-hmm. Let's be real. Mm-hmm. So he was Winnie the Poohing it, if you get my drift, in bed. That's <laughs> what I am thinking that night. And she said like she thought it was weird and she like lifted up his shirt. And she saw scratch marks all over him, which, remember, Vicky's nails torn the fuck up. So it was scratching something. Mm-hmm. So then they go, hey, Norman's girlfriend, because I didn't write her name down, because I don't actually know if they actually said her name. <laughs> hey, Norman's girlfriend, have you ever seen Norman shave? She's like, yeah. Why? What kind of razor does he use? Oh, he uses an electrical razor, like an electric razor. Oh, fuck. So now we know dude has a fetish and has that type of razor and that he's cleaning. Mm-hmm. So Papa Joe's like, we got to go get a judge to grant us a search warrant. And they do. They get a warrant to search him, his house, his car, everything. And they start in the bedroom. And wouldn't you know that they find a baggie of pubic hair? A Ziploc baggie. A pub- I'm sorry. Mm. That is fucking disgusting. It's so gross. They also use luminol in the room and they find blood on the walls and like some other areas he missed. Now, Norman, Norman has a waterbed because that was the rage during the time. Mm-hmm. And so they're like, we can't fucking move the bed. So we have to drain the bed, which I thought was probably very inconvenient. So when they are doing that, they kind of have to like move this cover. And when they do, they find pieces of fingernail. Oh. <gasps> Not little, I ripped my nail off and spit it out grossly nail. Yeah, yeah. Chunks of nail. Uh. Right? So, like, okay, we have to compare this to Vicky. Well, Vicky has been interned for a week at this point. Mm-hmm. So, they're like, okay, maybe we can get Norman to come in and talk about it. Norman comes in and waves his rights to an attorney. And he starts speaking. So, he tells the police, yeah, I was at Marla's party. Yeah, I saw Vicky. Yeah, we talked. We hung out for a while. What'd you do next? Oh, well, Vicky wanted to go back to my place and watch a movie. Mm. Oh, so you went back to your place and watched a movie. Yeah. And then it got real late and Vicky got real tired and she was yawning and she was tired. And guess what? She went home. She got in her car and left. Toodaloo. 
And they were like, so dumbass. Like, this is literally what that you can just tell their faces is like, so dumbass. Like you're saying you saw her. You were with the victim. Uh-huh. You took the victim to a second location. And she was in your home, which we think is the murder scene. And you say she left at like one or two, which is during the time she died. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Then they were like, well, what did you do afterwards? Well, I went to bed. Oh, my God. So they're like, okay, well, Vicky obviously put up a fight. So we need to see if you have scratch marks. And he stood up and he had no scratch marks on his back or his his chest or his stomach or his abdomen. Uh-huh. Like when they were saying this, I was like, yeah, but like you spent eight days alone in Louisiana researching him. And I'm pretty sure it took you probably like at least a week to find him. Right. So we're talking at like, what, 15 days max? Uh-huh. Depending on how you heal. You could have no, or like I should say minimum is 15 days. You could be like free of a, a, some scratches. Yeah. Maybe he like bought some Neosporin. Mm-hmm. He barely cleans his apartment. I don't know if he bites Neosporin. Uh, probably not. They're like, shit, we have nothing to hold him. Because like that was the thing. Like if you have the scratches. Mm-hmm. So now they have to match the nails, the abandoned nail piece to the nail. And they were like, okay. So they start looking at photos of her hands. And they can't get a clear shot of any of the nails that have been ripped, which I was like, bad crime scene photographer. Mm -hmm. So they have to do something they don't want to do, which is exhume her body. Mm. And at this point, like I said, she'd already been interned for a week. So they put it in, they go to the family and they say, look, we got this guy. His name is Norman. We know he was with Vicky that night. We found these nails at his house. We found this pubic hair at his house. Mm-hmm. We gotta like test it. Now they had the, I think they had like taken like samples of her pubic hair to like mm-hmm. test against later, but mm-hmm. they definitely didn't have anything to test those nails against. So they do, they exhume her body and they do it as quickly as possible. And they actually, what they end up doing instead of just, they set up like a forensic thing over her site mm-hmm. and then they just pulled the rest of her nails yeah. so that they could just compare it to so they wouldn't have to do anything else. And then they immediately, like, interned her again. Mm -hmm. Like, they immediately reburied her. Mm -hmm. So they were like, okay, we have to get something else. Because, like, what if this doesn't pan out? So they start talking to people in Norman's apartment complex. And they come across this woman by the name of Mrs. Johnson, who is one of his neighbors. Mm -hmm. And wouldn't you know that Mrs. Johnson, she lives there. And she uses this, like, common space that has, like, extra storage. It's, like, in one of their, like, utility rooms. To store her seasonal things. And I, when they said seasonal things, I thought like Christmas decorations. But yeah. she meant, I store my blankets in this cubby. Hmm. They're like a box with a blanket and things like that. Mm-hmm. That she doesn't need in April. Yeah. And when she know, Mrs. Johnson has a brown electrical blanket. Of course. Yeah. And the thing is, is that she shares this. It's kind of like a communal storage area. Mm-hmm. She shares it. With Norman. <gasps> he Gasp. has access to it, mm. right? <laughs> oh, who would have seen that coming? Right. <laughs> so they were like, oh, okay. And she's like, yeah, in fact, I still have the cord to the electrical blanket still in my apartment. Because she's like, oh, I've been shit. needing to put it in like there. Like with it, right? yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So she goes and gets it. Now, apparently, I did not know this, but at least in this model, there is a number on that blanket somewhere. Mm. And then it connects to a number... Mm-hmm. on the, the cord unit they were like cool story we're gonna check this out she gives them the control 
It's basically the cord and the control panel. And they were like, okay, so that we found this hair on the blanket. Do you have a dog? And she's like, no, I have a cat named Muffin. And it's really funny because at this point, Papa Joe is, <laughs> Muffin did not like being rushed. <laughs> Muffin had no choice. I was like, okay, Papa Joe. <laughs> so they take some hair. And wouldn't she know that the hair samples match? And the number on the blanket matches the number on the power cable in the box. Oh. So there matches. So now we have, she was at his apartment complex. At this point in time, it's like, okay, we at least know she was killed around there because the blanket and she were in this vicinity. So then they go and they start looking at the nails and they are able to put the tears and the rest of the nails together. And she always kept her nails painted Mm -hmm. and she had put two coats of this polish on and it matched perfectly, like the two coats and the two coats. Mm. Brush strokes, everything. So... Yeah, they were like, they arrested Norman. Wow. And the pubic hair matched, because you think about, like, the way you cut it, like, it was unique. hmm So Norman is like, shit, they have me. And they're like, we hate you, we're, we want to lock you away forever. So he pleads guilty, he does a plea deal, and he gets 46 years. And he was going to be first up for parole in 2014. And you know the sweetest justice of all of this? Hmm. Norman had a heart attack in prison. In, <laughs> in, 2004, in 2014. That's what you get. Right? Actually, there is a tweet. Papa Joe just found out today he has a Twitter. <laughs> I love that. Actually, somebody had like tweeted him and was like, did Norman get out? And he was like, he had a heart attack in his jail sale. Um, so, I love that. Yeah. So that is episode two of season one of Homicide Hunter. This apparently is a much older show than I thought, because if this was 2014, had to be given an update from the show. Mm-hmm. So I just find that poetic justice. This dude, you know, they don't know what happened. Like, I'm sure he got mad and, you know, mm-hmm. strangled her. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the story of... Vicky Ross. And it was so like sad because like her dad is being interviewed. And he's like the cute little old man looking guy, right? Him and his sister-in-law, and they're like talking about Vicky. He's like, I hope he doesn't get out, but there's like, what what can you do? So now I'm so, feel so much better that Jack has justice and he doesn't have to think about that man yeah. out in the world with his daughter not being there. So this was like a good demonstration of how like cops. Detectives, when they do good work, how they, like, keep running leads. Yeah. Because it would have been really easy to, like, fixate on, like, Dave or her other boyfriends and whatnot. They got him. Also, the fact that he, like, basically confessed without confessing just blew my mind. What did you think? Like, I would have been like, nah, I didn't talk to her. I wasn't even there. Prove it. Prove I was there. For real. The pictures? So you got pictures? Nope. Because it was 1987. Mm-hmm. It's not like today where you're like having a cell phone that pings you there. He could have lied. This was back in the day. You could lie your way out of shit because there mm-hmm. was there was no proof. It was like, yeah, I'll be smarter than the cops. I'll tell them exactly what happened. Right. Cool story. Puts you with the victim at the potential crime scene. Mind you, I forgot to mention, they drove in her car to his house. So like found in the dump site crime scene. Yeah. So yeah. 
So with that, it's going to go ahead and wrap up today's Stabby Snippet. We hope you enjoyed it. I'm going to just keep going through this series because I find it very entertaining. I actually like it because they're like smaller stories that we don't get to hear that often. Yeah, for sure. Next time I do a Stabby, it'll be episode three. Unless something else pops up magically that is like, you need to do this. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So. We will see you back here on Monday for a paranormal episode. So we'll see you then. Bye, guys. Bye.